This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Roselle. I'm joined, as always, by John Fisher. Hey, John. How you doing? Dan, today, rather, the last couple days have been victorious for those in our area of the world, in our realm of being in this day and age, in space and time. Because, Dan, on this day, on this day of recording, the 29th, the United States beat Iran yep. in the World Cup, avenging a 1998 embarrassing loss that was completely ignored due to some nonsense drama involving John Harks, Eric Winalda, and somebody sleeping with somebody's wife. <laughs> Hobby's Deli announced limited dining room service mm-hmm. today Big. Uh, with, with Pickleball. So those of you who want their uh, delicatessen experience in Newark, it's almost back to normalcy over there. Mm-hmm. And most relevant to the people who matter, to you, to me, to all the people in the world, a great moral justice was accomplished last night in Manhattan. Well, well, well and- hold, on, hold on. I just want to back up here. Okay, I'll back up. Because I'm all on the same page about a great uh, injustice being righted. I, I want to kind of go even wider view. John, Yes. I'm going to posit a statement to you. You tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement, okay? Okay. The New Jersey Devils are the best team in the NHL right now. I have to agree, Dan. I have to. Let's go. They are, listen, we all know where the standings are. We know that the Bruins have also basically not been losing games at all. Uh, I still think, based on every available metric that we have, that the Devils are playing better. And two bad performances by the goaltending to start the season does not invalidate how good they've been and does not make their record being worse, uh, you know, lead to them being the worst team. I think they are far and away, not just, you know, this cutesy little dance they're doing with the Bruins at the top of the Eastern Conference. 
they're still dominating most people. And when they're not, they adapt the way a good team should and could and would. And starting with, you know, that game, let's work backwards here because I think that would be more interesting. The end result of this week is that we heard let's go devil's chance in Madison Square Garden for the first time in who knows how long. We heard Igor coming from devil's fans. He got jeered in his own building, Dan. Incredible. Incredible stuff. I mean, who could have... First of all, the answer is nobody. nobody. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody could have seen this coming. This has been a, you know, as catastrophic as the past few seasons have been in terms of expectations meeting reality, this has been the polar opposite. It's been incredible, and they continue to find ways to win. So let's talk about yesterday's booing of one Igor Shesterkin as the Devils took the game 5-3 to three against the Rangers. Again, a great moral justice was achieved for the new jersey devils have only beaten our hated rivals just once in their last 10 times Mm -hmm. which is never a good thing it's a terrible thing the the week i don't want to talk about the week of hell the week of hate that was the worst it was awful four straight losses and it almost was hellish (sighs) as the first three minutes featured oh boy another two-on-one where damon severson does not know how to defend it Mm -hmm. being finished by artemi panarin and then shortly thereafter um Mika Zibanejad jammed in a long shot from Mr. Elbow himself. Uh, technically, it went off of Chris Kreider first, so he gets the primary. But it's you're down 2 nothing against your hated rivals within three minutes into the game. What do you do, Dan? Well, okay, so let what me ask do you a do? question. What, did you feel any panic here? I was concerned. You felt some concern? Because what you, Lindy I'll... Ruff felt was not concerned. He goes no. up to the bench and he says, boys... We get the next one, we're right back in this. And he's absolutely correct to do so. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened as the Nico Heischer line forced Mr. Shesterkin to do some work. And then glory upon glory, a fantastic decision by Thomas Tatar hits what I'm going to call a blooping shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he got the, he got this on his backhand. Uh, Tatar is not on the right side typically for most normal cases because of his handedness. Shesterkin thought he was going to play it right to Heischer in the middle. If you took a screenshot or saw it live, you probably thought the same thing. It's the uh, backhand knuckle puck. He he basically dropped a blooping single, dropped in for the base hit. And this analogy sucks because it was actually a goal. And there's no such thing as a blooping single for a home run. Oh, it was a great goal though. It was still lovely. And most importantly, it proved rough correct because once that goal was scored, we got to see more of the devil's hockey that we have come to love and appreciate. And for, for all intents and purposes, I'm blanking on the word I'm using, trying to use here. Oh, um, well, I'm sorry. I certainly Never don't know it. <laughs> the, the point is, is that good things continue to happen. And then yes. we got a wonderful steal by Jesper Bokvist leads to a Dougie Hamilton pension where the puck gets loose. Yeah. Sharon does a turnaround shot torches Shesterkin with the shot mm-hmm. it's two to two your your two goal deficit is completely erased and our hated rivals had very little answer up until i would say the first couple minutes of the second period well and the devils didn't just get the the two goals to tie the game they also got the next two goals of the game absolutely they, the second period the devils uh to borrow from basketball pounded the rock yeah and not <laughs> not initially not initially, but similar, Not initially, to, but similar to how the first period went. You know, mm-hmm. our hated rivals were pounding Vanacek, and Vanacek was making good saves. The Devils were pinned back. And then 
you got to see a total goal against the run of play where Dawson Mercer collects a puck from his circle. Uh, I believe the left face off circle lobs a perfect lob up ice to Jack Hughes. The big oh, deal. He already just... beat Adam Fox. Ryan Lindgren is trying like crazy to catch him. He doesn't. And Mr. Hughes puts it through the five hole of Shesterkin. Looking at the shot on replay, it's like, that's that's what beat you, Mr. Shesterkin, Mr. 935 goaltender, Mr. I'm the best Russian goaltender in the tri-state area. Well, I would say no, he certainly didn't feel that, that was way. soft. S-A-W-F-T, soft. Listen, John, he knew it, though. He knew it. And he knew it. He knew it. In the postgame interview, maybe fairly, maybe unfairly, Shesterkin took the most blame on himself. Yes. Um, I, I think there's some parts that he was responsible for, but for the most part, man, like – the second period has been the devil's absolute, you know, dominance fest all year long. Yeah. It has been theirs. Yeah. But once you scored that goal, we got to see the dominance and the mm-hmm. dominance dominance manifested itself into another goal where Miles Wood torches Shesterk and I hits the crossbar. Miles Wood is celebrating because he thought it went in. I thought it went in mm-hmm. live, but thankfully Michael McLeod is smart enough to not make assumptions, puts in the loose puck to ensure it goes over the line so McLeod technically scored the goal. It's four to two. And isn't then the Devils of, get a power play and they're pounding the rock again. It, isn't it kind of terrifying how this team seems to get better with a lead? It can That's be. kind of scary. It, it, it's scary, but it but it's a it's a wonderful scary. It's like yes. having the birth of a child. You I know, am you're scared worried about others. what can happen, but you're happy. You're happy I'm, for it. Yeah, I'm you're ecstatic happy for, for myself. The incoming, <laughs> you're happy for the new life because this is not what most teams do. Usually when teams take a lead, you know, they sit, you know, they're forced to sit on it. Mm-hmm. Keyword is forced to sit on it, not necessarily sitting on it by choice. Mm-hmm. And the Devils, you know, really tried to make it a fifth goal. Mr. Shesterkin did not poop himself mm-hmm. and did make the stops as necessary. I would say, however, unlike a lot of the other games we're going to talk about and a lot of the other games the Devils have played in this wonderful season so far, the Devils actively tried to give this game away in the third period. They did, and there was the parade of penalties. Again, it, it's I don't know where this lapse in discipline came from, Yeah, but they could not stay out of the box. Interference, I mean, no. there's all sorts of unnecessary yeah. plays happening. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll spoil some of the month in review for you. Um, there are going to be some negative points in the month in review post that's going to go up on Thursday on December 1st because the penalty kill, the Devils took the fifth most shorthanded situations in the entire month. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, that may change a little bit after tonight's games and Wednesday's games. But for the most part, when you're taking 48 shorthanded situations out of 14 games, you know, you're you're asking for some pain. And, you know, ultimately the last one, an accident of all things. Thomas Tatar, who otherwise had a very good game, mm-hmm. uh, accidentally got a stick up high on Condre Miller. That's a high sticking call. That's always going to be a high sticking call. And wouldn't you know it, another long shot, this time from Adam Fox, traffic in front, Vincent Trocek, um, previously the victim of a backhand slap from Banachek, uh, fishes out the loose puck in front and just dashes it in the net. It's now four to three with about six minutes and 45 seconds to go. And you're that's again, the concern is back because now you're wondering, okay, this is hockey. This is a sport where one stupid bounce can happen at any given moment here. Mm -hmm. And you know that our hated rivals are going to push forward. And they absolutely did. The third period shot attempts were something crazy, like 16 to four and five on five. And shots are like nine to two. Like the devil's offense was just 
not there because they were forced to play back. And, and on top of that, after that goal against by uh, Trocek, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler did not take another shift, and Ryan Graves only played three shifts total in the final 10 minutes. So you were effectively shortening your blue line to include Mr. Brendan Smith and Severson to defend a one-goal lead. But here's the thing, Dan. It worked. It absolutely yeah. worked. Yeah, they uh, they made it happen. And, you know, it, it is really just – this year is just different. It, I, I don't know how else to say it. it it's something that – this would have been a guaranteed collapse with this amount of penalties oh, in years past. This would have been a guaranteed give up that fourth goal. But, no, they bent but did not break this time. I mean, no. uh, who is as responsible for that as Vitek Vanacek, too? I mean, he's been insane. He's been fantastic. He made a lot of tough saves in this in this game against our hated rivals. And as in the other games that we're going to talk about, he was excellent. Absolutely excellent. Even though he gave up the three goals, it was only the fourth time out of 14 appearances this season. He's given up more than two goals in a game, which in and of itself is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the man made a lot of tough stops in this one in a high pressure situation. And I'll be honest, I did not relax until I saw Adam Fox cough up the puck to a Tatar pressure mm-hmm. at the blue line. Sharon Govich makes the exit, passes it up to Tatar. Tatar plays in Sharon Govich, who's all alone, calmly puts it into the empty net. It's five to three. The Devils fans at the world's most overrated arena go nuts. Our hated rivals fans are quiet as ever, probably because they're wondering, like, what is this feeling? I don't understand. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? We're now four, five, and three at home. And mind you, our hated rivals went into this game with an absolute choke job to Edmonton mm-hmm. uh, the prior Saturday, where they blew a three nothing lead in one period to lose four three in regulation, and handed Anaheim their first regulation win of the season. Which, by the way, everybody, Anaheim really sucks this season. So that's just absolutely laughable. So credit you to know, the I Devils like- for just pouring on the misery. Last year, I was watching the Rangers climb up and up the standings, and I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? This is more frustrating because it feels like, and this is something we talked about last year, the difference between these two teams comes down to the goaltending position and the special teams specifically, right? Right. Like the process that the Devils had was great. And it was, I mean, it wasn't as great as this year, but it was pretty good last year. Like the results were betraying that process while the Rangers had a similar one maybe they were a little bit better in possession maybe but not even but they were getting the goaltending they were getting the special teams this feels more rewarding this is a devil's full team assault every single game this is the entire lineup deserving these results every game not being buoyed by things like goaltending and special teams although i will say goaltending has been vastly important special teams have been vastly important but they are not the sole reasons that the devils are winning games. No. And I'm very glad you made that specific point because we saw this all throughout last week's gauntlet of four games and six nights where you got some good nights from your power play. And then you got some nothing nights from your power play, like against our hated rivals, the devil's power play had two situations where they did everything but score. And then the penalty kill still gave up a goal and the devil still won five to three. Like that's the difference here is that the devils are getting their, taking care of a lot of business at five on five, even strength situations such that they're not reliant on needing that power play goal to stay in a game or needing that penalty kill to be perfect, to stay in games. Whereas a team like our hated rivals, you know, who now sit, you know, 10, nine and four in the standings are probably having to worry a little bit more about Washington, catching them rather than catching up to, you know, Carolina. And of course the Islanders, their other hated rivals 
in the standings because the Rangers, even though their five on five play has been actually better than it was last season, Shesterkin isn't as amazing. Yaroslav Halak is a super big downgrade from Alexander Georgiev. Mm-hmm. Um, their young forwards are not developing as well as their young defensemen. And basically, they're similar to Ottawa, I would say, in the sense that they've got five guys that can produce really well. Really, really well, by the way. No disrespect to Panarin or Zibanejad or Kreider or Trocek or Fox, because they all got points against the Devils. And they've been getting lots of points all season. But once you get past those five, it's, you know, you're rolling the dice if you're going to get anything out of the likes of Lafreniere or Kako Mm -hmm. or... uh, Julian Gauthier. Did you even know that Julian Gauthier played in yesterday's game? No, you didn't no. because he was an absolute non-factor. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Also, no. I would not care either way because he's exactly. not a threat to me. But it, anyway, but that's the point is that yeah. the devils have threats on four lines. Oh man. Our and hated rivals do not. And you know what? So- they did miss Bastion to some extent yesterday. I, I mean, obviously the result was still good only due to the fact that Holtz didn't quite fill the void. They're not well, filling the same void, but he didn't quite fill the void that he was supposed to fill either. Well, it, it, it's tough because that third line yeah. that you're referring to here of um, Sharon Govich, Bokvist, and Holtz, they didn't play that much together. When they did, it was actually successful. And again, they created a goal and Holtz actually drew a penalty too. So it wasn't like he did nothing against our hated rivals. But, you know, Zetterlund was far more energetic playing alongside um, Wood and McLeod, who had good games themselves. And when you're only getting like eight minutes at the power play units, you know, yes, the devils had three power plays. One was cut short. Thanks to Dawson Mercer. Mm-hmm. That power play first unit was doing so well. They just stayed on the ice for like 90% of their power plays. So it's like the second unit never got a chance to even get going, which right. Holt was going to be on. Nevertheless though. Um, but it speaks to the fact that the devils can go in there and make a definitive statement, even without, uh, Nathan Bastion, who has played an important role. And I think that's a good jumping off point to go um, talking about what happened last week. Because mm-hmm. um, the Devils did play four games in six nights uh, after our prior to our last show or after our last show. And a lot happened. Well, so, uh, you know what? I'm going to look at the Buffalo. So, I, I we had the Washington game for going backwards still. Yeah, let, you know, uh, let's go happened, backwards. Let's start all let's the way. Back. You want to go backwards all the way through? Or do you want to just start from the top here? Just you know what? Let's start from think, the top. It'll make more sense that way. Yeah, I, I think we were both just really jazzed to talk about last night's game. Yeah, uh, and, and more okay importantly, there's a lot of wins to talk about. Like yeah. you know, we we could pick all sorts of you know. You want to rank them by quality of win, you know, or importance of win. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that live. But let's let's start with the Edmonton game the last Monday. Well, the Edmonton game last Monday. Like, listen, we can only say so much about all these wins because a lot of them have looked very similar. Not that the uh, this five two result, by the way, is so surprisingly common for this team. I would not expect that scoreline to be one of the most common things that i would expect it's five two four two all over the place yeah uh, for the devils but um yeah that this was a pretty easy you know it felt like an easy one for him honestly well it 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 wasn't it wasn't um you know this one the first period was a little bit better in the sense that you know the devils did strike first Mm -hmm. um but again they also got outshot 11 to 5 so it's hard to say that you know the devils had a good first period but hey jesper bratt put in a power play goal so you at least had that one goal to work with. Of course, the Devils took a pe- penalty. Uh, they actually took two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siegenthaler hooked McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl made them pay the price for that. And, you know, it's Dreisaitl. It's McDavid. You know, you you, you just have to assume they're going to do some damage. And yeah. it's 1-1. But once again, Dan, the second period, the Devils come out, flip the script, 
tilt the ice, and the goals came. This one came from Dawson Mercer off a mistake by Stuart Skinner, who, mm. uh, fun fact, he he was really playing really, really well in the first matchup against the Devils, and he's still outplaying Jack Campbell in his awful contract. So, mm-hmm. but he, But Skinner made an awful mistake. Mercer cashed in. And then Jack Hughes puts up one of the greatest zone entries you're going to see in recent memory, <laughs> torching multiple defensemen and, and Oilers players to carry it in. Go, go, you know, darts to the one side of the ice, passes it across to Jesper Bratt, who finds Damon Severson for a trailer, and Severson finishes it with with fire and brimstone. You know, you have to expect Kane to come out and you know, you know, have the fire comes out of the corners of the arena or something. Uh, but Hughes gets the secondary and maybe one of the greatest secondary assists you're going to see. Um, and it's three to one. And now you're back to, okay, the Devils are in control. The Oilers did make it close early in the third, three to two. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins puts one in. And then Thomas Tatar, you know, re- restores the lead. And then Jaeger Sharangovich says, you know, what? I'm just going to extend this even further. And yeah. it's five to two. And it's again another game where Vanacek made some tough stops. You know, you kept Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid to just the one point. And the Devils made this game a lot easier on themselves because they weren't taking nearly as many penalties. Um, you know, they weren't making as many mistakes with turnovers. Um, after that first slow first period, they just cruised to a to a W to what was then their 13th straight victory. That would tie a franchise record. Uh, it mm-hmm. unfortunately remained tied, but not without, you know, attempts to uh, extend that record. Oh, and honestly, this game was the source of a lot of controversy. This is something that I think everyone was well aware of. I think this is one that we are going to look back at and say, maybe not the greatest look for all involved. No, but not that. You know, the Devils played the Toronto Maple Leafs, and more importantly than the fact that they lost the game 2-1 is the fact that they, by a lot of people's estimation, won that game 4-2, but had three goals disallowed for various reasons, including goaltender interference, uh, including kicking in a... uh, uh, puck that wasn't hit by anything else or redirecting the puck uh, i learned the rule for the first time there apparently that even if it hits something else it doesn't matter if the initial right. thing was a uh, kick so that seems interesting but i get the spirit of the rule um but that being said man it was it was ugly it was ugly to see stuff being thrown onto the ice it was not yes. behavior i would have wanted to see from devil's fans no uh, it, it was quite frankly it was kind of embarrassing it's more than embarrassing. It's downright shameful. I, w- I attended this game live and thankfully I didn't get hit with a beer shower or get clonked in the head with it, which by the way, I've been clonked at the head by a plastic bottle before, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It may have not been a, pl- it may have been a plastic bottle. It was only half full. It still had a cap on it. And when you throw something from over, you know, 30 feet away from up high, it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the notion that nobody got hurt is something I'm, I'm not, I don't quite believe, yeah. um, you know, Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. They literally tell you this before every game. Do not throw things onto the playing surface except for a hat for a hat trick, which will come yes. later <laughs> in this week, of course. But at that time, you know, I get it. You're you're upset. You're frustrated. It was a full house. It's right before Thanksgiving. So everybody's, you know, pretty lit for the game, for lack of a better term. Um, yes. And you wanted to see this 14th win. And it looked like the Devils were doing everything possible to get it done. You had two goals disallowed, um, both on both on plays that have not garnered those types of calls in other, other nights. I will say that the devils were victims of what I'm going to call literalism, you know, by letter of the law, those three goals should have been disallowed and they were. Um, But I've, we've seen the devils and other teams not get the benefit of that type of literalism in other games. Um, So I, I get the frustration, but again, speaking as a whole, for the game this was another example and this is my concern with these slow starts and poor first periods is that eventually you're going to have a night like this one where mm-hmm. toronto scores two goals mitch marner dives away from D- dougie hamilton and sets up john Tavares in front for the first goal a defensive battle is lost leading to pontus holmberg scoring his first nhl goal on a shot that vanacek should have stopped mm-hmm. and even though the devils had goals disallowed you know, Matt Murray made a lot of tough saves. Matt Murray also cheated crazily. Oh, my God. Not um, just the... this game. He did the same thing in his next game. Yeah, in his next game, he did it three times where he pushed the net off on purpose and, you know, somehow didn't get called on it. Uh, of course, Toronto fans thinks it would be stupid to make that a rule. But, of course, you know, that's <laughs> Toronto fans for you and, of course, their media. Um, but the Devils didn't get a goal until just before five minutes left in the game where Dougie Hamilton redirected in a feed from Yegor Sharangovich uh, to make it two to one. And everybody in the arena stood for the remaining five minutes, hoping for the equalizer. For the first time this season, we've seen the Devils pull the goalie to get the extra skater. Uh, it didn't happen. And again, the Devils had power plays, didn't convert. They had great chances on Murray. Murray did make a lot of tough saves. You know, the post came into play at least twice for, for the Devils. Um, so in a sense, this was one of those games where the Devils did a lot right, but because they had a poor first period, they didn't finish on their special teams or their other opportunities. You're going to have a frustrating night where it doesn't go your way. And as a result, you're going to lose two to one, which they did. And so that's how the streak ends. Not with a, uh, you know, a collapse, like a three, nothing loss in Detroit or something, you know, substantive, but just a frustrating loss, uh, completely marred by the behavior of the fans, both after the third disloyal goal and after the final goal horn, because some people did throw some stuff at the celebrating Leafs players. This was, yeah, uh, it was kind of, it was a bummer way to end the streak. Definitely happened with a bang as opposed to a whimper. Um, uh, you know, it was it was sad. It kind of marred that whole game for me. And still, if they were going to lose, I would prefer they lose in a game that they deserve to win. I would prefer that to a blowout that invalidates a lot of the good vibes. But really, they just stuck to their game. We're unfortunate in this case. And, you know, you're going to lose games like that occasionally. I think they've been on the winning end of a lot of games like that at this point in the season so far. So it's hard to complain about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... When you win 13 in a row, I, I feel like you should not get completely mad about a 2-1 loss. And Toronto's and yeah, a top 5-10 to 10 team in the NHL. Like, no one. Yeah, they're, no a quality opponent. they're a quality opponent. And, yes, I understand three disallowed goals. Well, as I mentioned, the World Cup is happening. You know who else got suffered three disallowed goals? Argentina. Now, mm-hmm. granted, 
this is in Qatar. I'm sure you spent a lot of money to attend these games, but soccer fans are not exactly known for behaving well when things go, they feel like things are going against them. Yeah. They managed to handle their business just fine. They're also Argentina. Easier when beer is banned at the stadium also. Well, that, that's also too. They're, you know, some solutions are uh, already built in place. Mm. Anyway, the point is here is that as frustrating as the game was, despite all the good things, again, the Devils had a poor start. They didn't take advantage where they could. And when the other goaltender is having a great night, guess what? Sometimes you're just going to lose. And that's exactly what happened. But mm-hmm. fortunately, fortunately, Dan, the Devils practiced on Thanksgiving. They stuck together, headed up to Buffalo after the game, and they were more than prepared to not fall apart in their next game in Buffalo. This, I mean, this one felt like the easiest. It, it's just like the textbook definition of an easy win. It felt like they walked to that one. It just like... There was never a moment where I thought they would lose that game at 0-0 or at the end, like no. all the way to the end of the game. There was not a single second where I was like, I, I think Buffalo is a threat to win this game. No yeah. chance. Yeah. I mean, the Devils came out on fire. They outshot the the Sabres 16-7. to um, You know, there were they took one penalty where I think it was kind of a harsh call on Eric Holler where he got caught with a... They said he used his hand to win a face-off. It looked like it was the butt of his stick, but whatever. Um, but you're absolutely right, Dan. The Devils pretty much handled their business really well. And then once the second period came, not only did the Devils even shoot the puck more, they started going in past Craig Anderson. Jack Hughes got it started. Jesper Bokvist continue, continued it. And we asked Victor Olofsson snipe one in because he's Victor Olofsson and he has that great shot. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tatar provides the response. And you're up 3-1 going into the third period. And the Devils basically handled their business professionally. They took no penalties. Yeah, there was two disallowed goals for uh, Buffalo because Akira Schmid, who was very good, by the way, very good in stopping 34, uh, 33 out of 34 shots, made some tough saves. You know, he was pushed in on two occasions and, you know, Saber, you know, Kyle Caposo, I think, may still be arguing with the referees about it uh, as we talk. But the point is, is that the Devils, you know, handled their business well and didn't just like sleepwalk through the third period. It was a very professional performance and the exact type of performance you wanted to see after losing your first game in weeks and going up against a Buffalo team that was feeling really good because they absolutely hammered the snot out of Montreal and St. Louis right before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was not to be. And so, you know what, to me, that game was like at this point in the season and the way they've been playing, I'm expecting wins, which is a weird feeling. I'm expecting them to play well for the most part, which is a Mm -hmm. strange feeling, but they've been doing that. They've been delivering, you know, left and right so the buffalo game was one where i looked at and said yeah they've been on a little streak but overall they've been mostly bad then you look at washington who has been mostly bad against everyone except one team no matter how good they are seemingly and it's the new jersey devils and the devils have had problems with this team for a long time and they went in there and spanked them so again so again well, sort it was another five two, right? This that was the no. Result? This was five one. Like five, the score, one, okay. the score line was great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like score line wise, you know, Devils obviously handled their business, mm-hmm. but this was not like the Buffalo game where you know the Devils came out strong and and asserted themselves and basically cruised to a win. Mm-hmm. No, Washington came out hard initially. Yeah, uh, Devils. You know, McLeod took a hooking penalty literally within the first minute of the game, and then Siegenthaler got caught holding. Uh, later on so you got to see washington um 
pretty much hammer Vanacek with shots on the power play, which is never the one thing you don't want to give the Capitals the chance at, which is the power play. I know their success rate is not as high as it once was, but, you know, given how much the Capitals have been struggling, especially on road games, the last thing you want to do is give John Carlson and, and TJ Oshie and especially the Putinist himself, Alexander Ovechkin, you know, open ice to work, you know, to basically work you over and take dangerous shots. But credit to the Devils for getting out of it. And more importantly, taking advantage of an Ovechkin penalty where Nico Heischer got the scoring started, mm-hmm. um, basically putting in a rebound on Mr. Uh, Charles Charlie Lindgren got the game because Darcy Cooper played the night before. I have a feeling Washington wished they did not do that. Um, because one, after the Heischer goal in the first period, the Devils once again returned to form in the second period. And then it became the Jack Hughes show. Starring Jack Hughes, yeah, and with with special appearances from Ryan Gray's, Dawson Mercer, Eric Halla, and <laughs> another special... Jack Hughes quote, by the way, for the quote oh, book. Oh boy, I uh, got some Gato in him, and he went out there and put up a natty hattie. Yeah, pretty much. You, you know, <laughs> Gato for everybody. Uh, assuming you have the money to buy your own Gato, I'm I'm not going to cover your Gato uh, budget here. Everybody but no, Jack Hughes. It, yeah. Jack Hughes put up three highlight reel worthy goals for a natural hat trick in the second period. He basically went around Lindgren and put it in off his skate. <laughs> Lindgren's skate, not his own skate. Yep. To, to make it 2 nothing. Four About four minutes later, Jack Hughes gets the puck. He's he's careening to the goal line. He figures, I'm just going to wing one at a sharp angle. Off the helmet. No, no, he Charles practices Lindgren. it. He practices it, he said. And he said this, uh, or he said that he had practiced it when he did this last year to... Um, Oh, who did he do it? Tristan Jari? Was that yeah. who it was? This is the third time he has scored off a player's helmet. So again, like this is clearly something that he has tried, which is hilarious that that's probably one of the most disrespectful ways to score. But the fact that he's acknowledging that that's the case is also like, okay, maybe people are looking out for it, but what a ridiculous thing to have to watch for. The, it uh, is. the shot off the helmet. You never expect that kind of boldness, no. but Jack was feeling it. And, and that's the thing. Lots of goaltenders get taught to cover the post hard. Uh, which is Matt Murray's excuse for pushing off the net three times against Minnesota and the Devils, of course. Um, but the helmet is the one spot where that space is open. So credit to Hughes for recognizing that Lindgren was not fully covering the you know, the post. It was definitely a fortunate shot, to be sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I still remember Peter Laviolette on the bench, like looking at the at the video, looking like, is there something we can do to get rid of this goal? Can we call like offside? Can we? <laughs> it's like, no, that's a legal play. Yeah, it's legal. And it's now three to one or I'm sorry, three nothing at the time. And then it takes until about halfway through the third period where you get a two on one. Eric Hall feeds Jack Hughes. Hughes torches Lindgren for the score. He's celebrating the hats, which are legally allowed to be thrown onto the ice mm-hmm. are being thrown onto the ice. Tons of them, including some hats that were bought that day. So congrats. You're not getting your $40 hat back, guys. But uh, it's all good because you got to see the rare first ever hat trick of the big deal, Jack Hughes. Oh, and the Devils were winning 4-0 at the time. So glorious. It was so awesome. It it, it was. It's the sort of thing that makes you say, this guy is legitimately a star. And anybody who wants to tell this guy that, you know, oh, he's he's giving up the puck too much. He's not strong enough. He doesn't play. You know, he's not this. He's not that. I don't. It's you say, watch these three goals and tell me who in the league can really do this like Jack Hughes. There's probably a handful of guys that could. And those guys are the McDavid's, the Dreisaitl's, the Matthews's uh, of the league. Mm-hmm. You don't you, you don't complain about those guys. Those yeah. are not the problem. 
if you want to complain about something, you complain about Miles Wood basically tackling a guy literally the next shift after the Hughes hat trick, which led to Washington's one power play goal of the night and their one goal against Vanacek. So his awesome shutout bid was uh, denied because, again, Washington brought the fire in the third period. That shot the Devils 15 to nine. Um, but that game was basically all but done after Hughes's hat trick. Carlson's goal was just a consolation. Still would have been cool if Vanacek got a shutout against his former team. And of course, just to add to the uh, add to the pain for Washington, uh, Fabian Zerlunds <laughs> scores a ripper <laughs> to make it five one, mm-hmm. and then in the ensuing celebration, Oshi has a problem with this. Milano slashes him too. They gives Zetterlund an embellishment call. I think I think it's cool. more appropriate. I, I think it would have been more appropriate if you got a call for saying something nasty in response. Because I'm going to bet that's exactly why you got two minutes. He probably said something rude in earshot of the ref. Mm-hmm. But whatever, Devils get another power play. At that point, it's 5-1. Who cares if you score on it? The Devils did not. And hey, you win 5-1 over a team that's had your number and uh, basically set set up the game against our hated rivals to set up another winning streak to end November with thir- potentially 13 wins, which they got. And as it turns out, thanks to other results, first place in the entire NHL. You love to see it. The best team in the league. Hey, Jacob Truba, I got a message for you, buddy. If you want to catch up to the fastest offense in the league to <laughs> headhunt them, you're going to have to be a little faster than that, Chief. Well, nice attempt on that flying elbow on Nico Heischer. Don't think we didn't see it. We all uh, saw it. We all knew it was coming. In fact, even the Devils probably knew it was coming because that's your M.O. There's your captain, New York Rangers. Congratulations. Real good way to pick him because he's tall and was born in America. Anyway, <laughs> that all being said, um, uh, we've got some exciting games up ahead for the Devils in the sense that they can extend this three-game winning streak they now have. They have some easy-ish opponents lined up, I'd say, or opponents that maybe aren't every Canadian team in a row. Uh, and they start with the National Predators. They move on to Philly and then go to Chicago. That's right. Um, the Devils in December will play, one, a lot of home games. They only have five road games, and... um Two of them are local. Like the Devils aren't going to be going outside of the tri-state area until the week of uh, Christmas Eve. Um, and to your point, you know, just looking briefly ahead of the schedule in terms of teams that are quote unquote really good right now, you have the Islanders next the following Friday. You got a, a home game against Dallas, who's actually you know leading their division right now, so they're good. Well, and then you got Car- revenge game, the yeah, Marion Studenich revenge game. I don't think student each is the concern there, Dan. Um, you got Carolina. <laughs> so the Nazardine is, eh? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I think okay. Jason Robertson is the bigger concern in my Well, opinion. yeah, but they're not revenge games. You know, this is yeah, the, the whole fine. revenge game component. Fine. Yeah, fine. Okay, Force good, your good, narrative good, good, good. on me like an ESPN broadcaster. Yes, Anyways. yes, yes. Yeah, but until that week of the 20th when you get back-to-back, you know, at Carolina, at Florida, then you host Boston right <sighs> before Christmas, which is nasty. That's going to be great. Yeah, by that point, it's going to be a very interesting game. But if the Devils take care of their business in the coming weeks, where, again, you got Nashville and Philadelphia by the end of this week. You got Chicago and a home game against the Islanders next week, which is two games. And then you get another four in six nights where you go back to the world's most overrated arena. Then you host Dallas, host Philly, host Florida, who has been struggling more than anticipated. I'm actually surprised at how, you know, how not great Florida has been. so The brunette difference. 
it could be, you might be right here, Dan. It could mm-hmm. be the Burnett difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Devils could go into that really tough week later in December with a whole bunch of wins in the pocket. They're at a point where they're going to be first in the snapshot every Sunday before the week is even having a gameplay because they have eight points on the Islanders as we're recording this. And mm-hmm. provided the Islanders suffer and the Devils keep winning, uh, that lead could be even larger by the time the two teams will play each other. So Nashville has been an absolutely rough team on the road. So I'm liking the Devils' chances against the uh, John Hines coached Predators. I'm I would love it if he turned around and said it was a tough building. I want him. <laughs> I want him to proclaim how tough the building is in Newark. Oh, and then Philadelphia is a, kind of a trap game in a sense where they're getting hurt. Everything's bad. John Tortorella literally called, you know, compared Morgan Frost to a toilet seat. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't won a game in their last 10 since, you know, as of this recording, you know, just go, don't go to Philly and like poop yourself, you know, you know, don't plots all over the ice, you know, don't uh, look, look ahead to those two home games against Chicago and the Islanders and Chicago has also, you know, finally hit the mud, so to speak. You know, they're dead last in the central. They're mm-hmm. two, five and two on the road. They have only won one game their last 10. Like you're absolutely right. The next three games are not so much gimmies, but these are games that I'm now expecting the devils to get results in because that's where we are. And when you're first in the league, you should be getting results over those uh, bottom dwelling teams in their respective divisions before you take on the rivalry and tougher opponents like the Islanders or hated rivals in Dallas. Like I said, it's an opportunity to continue banking these points because again, this is going great. Things are awesome. But as the devil seem to know, they haven't proven anything yet. There's a no. lot more hockey to play. There's a lot more time that needs to be spent solidifying their game. And again, as they play more teams, more teams get the tape on them. More teams can make adjustments. So they know yeah. that they have much more to prove. We haven't really won anything yet. But so continue banking those points. Eventually, it's going to go from banking points to go for the President's Trophy. But for now, keep banking them. You never know what could happen. You never know who could get injured. It's, mm-hmm. it's always like one or two you know, bad breaks away from crumbling down. So you want to keep banking points against teams that – you know, are fighting for similar spots as you. Absolutely. And again, so far in these games that we're discussing, the only real injury that we have seen is Nathan Bastion having a shoulder injury, which which led to um, Holtz getting called up and reinserted in the lineup against our hated rivals and Zetterlund being moved down to the fourth line to take Bastion's spot in the lineup, which, by the way, he fits like a glove because he's the swole Swede. You just go to him if you want to lift for any types of gains. In, in your hockey game. It actually broke another streak the Devils had of icing the same lineup for 15 consecutive games, which was it, interesting. It, yeah, and, and speaking of streaks, you know, the win in Manhattan is the Devils' 10th straight road win. That mm-hmm. ties a franchise record from the halcyon days of the early 2000s. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the NHL record is 12. And uh, That's an NHL record. Speaking of an NHL record, the Devils did set one by winning at Madison Square Garden yesterday. They have the most wins of any team in November in NHL history with 13. They played 14 games in November and they won 13 of them, which is an NHL record. See, the fact of the matter is the Devils have been... This is, again, as we said in many of these episodes of the, of the Garden State of Hockey, this is not just a team that's hot and getting wins despite themselves or anything like that. Yeah, there's been some... Things that need to be fixed up, like slow starts to period, slow starts to games. And, and we have to acknowledge and admit that the Devils are not going to be shooting 10% in five-on-five hockey forever. You know, the goaltending is not going to stop 95% of all the shots in five-on-five. 
but they'll the lose the two ma- in a row at some point. But the it, it, exactly my point here is that because the Devils have been so good, even at, with the loss to Toronto, Dan, and I wrote about this on the site, the Devils just can be a dead average team from here on out. Mm-hmm. Just pure fifty-five percent points earned in, in the remaining sixty or so games, and they're still going to have a hundred points, and they're still going to be a playoff team. And that's the and and the last three games since Thanksgiving, win, win, win means guess what. You give yourself more of an out when bad times do happen or you have more of those nights where, you know, somebody's in a slump, somebody's hurt, somebody's, you know, things aren't clicking as well. Um, The Devils have effectively put themselves in a fantastic position. And the more they keep doing it now, the even better it's going to get. So let me uh, to see it. Let me pause another statement that you can agree or disagree with to end this episode. Uh, This was the greatest month in Devils regular season history. Ooh. I, I'm personally tied to April 2006 for personal reasons. Oh, well, I understand that entirely. But this uh, has to be up there. This is absolutely up there. I cannot think of a better run in the history of blogging about the Devil's Dan. And mind you, I started my blog back in 2006. Uh, so of I've course, been doing it for quite a while. Devil's fans know is... we're famously referring to that 11-game win streak to end the season. And then the four-game sweep of the Rangers. Thank you. I was about to say, you have to include the sweep. Of course. The John Madden shorthanded goal. I I think I was at game three that year. No, it had to be game two because the Devils won the division due to that streak. Exactly. Um, But I think I was at game two, and I think I remember Madden scoring shorthanded at some point. The point point is, is that it was absolutely glorious, absolutely wonderful. And this was better. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is technically better, like wow. by metrics, by results, by like, again, you've said it yourself, Dan, like outside of the Toronto game, the Devils have scored at least three goals in all of their games in November. The Devils ended November, you know, pending tonight's games and Wednesday's games, the most goals in five on five hockey in the mm-hmm. league. And also they're the highest scoring team. The only hockey. reason they're not the lowest goals against team is because they've played more games than most of the other teams that are close to them. Exactly. <laughs> like the Devils have just been able to just even even when things are slow to start and in the other goaltender looks strong, the Devils have broken everybody except for Matt Murray. From Carol Vejamelka to Igor Shesterkin to the Charlie Lindgrens and Stuart Skinners and Jake Allen's and and Anton Forsberg's of the league. Um They've just been crushing everybody in their path. You know, the streak has been dead, Dan, mm-hmm. but a new one has started. Long live the juggernaut. Oh, yeah. The wagon rolls on. We look to, uh, you know, we're very excited to continue following it, as seemingly is the entire league. I mean, the the press has been spectacular. Um, the amount of coverage for the Devils has been unprecedented. So, Keep it up, boys. They are feeling the love from the fans, and hopefully we can find constructive ways to take our anger out on the referees next time. But uh, that being said, man, hearing the fans at MSG last night, it was special. It was something that was not anywhere in the realm of what I expected when they started the season 0-2. Let's keep it going. Why not us? Why not? Just keep doing Just follow the... Follow your path. You've got you've got it figured out. Just keep doing it. Don't overthink it. Just mm-hmm. keep it going. All right. With that being said, as always, let's go and keep going, New Jersey Devils. We'll catch you on the next episode. And thank you again for listening. Go Devils and chug your Gato. 